Everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. So it was a pretty stressful week last week, so I completely understand if you didn't yet listen to our Wednesday podcast with Joan Lynch from Working Nation, but you really have to go back and listen to it. We are highly focused on the future of employment, the trends, the ideas, the analysis, Joan's incredible. She was a VP and executive producer at ESPN for many years, instrumental in the 30 for 30 series, like from the get go. And over the last few years has been more focused on the data and content behind employment. She is awesome. So make sure you listen. And before we get into today's question on phone interviews, let's get into the stat line. Okay, three data points helping you understand the health of today's sports employment market. Number one, the total number of sports jobs on workinsports.com, the leading job board for the sports industry since 1999, equals 17,285. Now, this number has been flat since right around the 12th of October, meaning we've been hovering around 17,100 to 17,400 active jobs for about the last month. More on that in a second. Number two, we added 1,792 new jobs during the past week. Again, Pretty flat week over week, but 1,800 new opportunities, which is the third stat. That's an average of 256 new sports jobs added to our job board every day of the week. Okay, but let's digest this a little bit. All those numbers are kind of flat. And that before you let that worry you that the numbers are flat, uh, you're worrying that growth has stopped and we aren't picking up new jobs. And if I haven't gotten a job yet, it's going to get harder. Look. Breathe for a second and also understand this is all very easily explained by seasonality. In fact, I will warn you, these numbers will likely decrease for the coming weeks, only to rebound in January. Think about this logically. Now, we have all the data to prove this, but just think about this logically. If you were hiring somebody, would you want to start going through that process now, bringing somebody new into your organization as you approach Thanksgiving break, holiday distractions, all of that? It's hard enough right now to integrate new staff remotely. Now try doing it, doing it through the lens of the holidays as well. It's tough. Most employers will say, let's wait till January 1 and we can start fresh. Or they have their budgets coming and they, they have new budget money for new acquisitions or whatever it may be. But generally seeing, we see a lot of bump up in January and lower numbers in November, December. So don't panic over the active job number. Keep up your job searching activities because you don't know. There are employers that will continue to post. We posted 1,800 jobs in the last week. There are employers that will continue to post. So keep up your job seeking activities. Keep up your networking activities and prepared for all that might come your way. Okay. All right. Three cool jobs I found this week just to prove again that people are hiring. Uh, first, shout out to the University of Missouri St. Louis students that I spoke to this last week. I heard from their professor, Dr. Karen Baleska, that they really like this segment. So I'm Glad to hear that, and I hope you guys do too. Job number one. It's a shout out to St. Louis, social and community manager for St. Louis FC. If you didn't know, St. Louis FC will be the 28th team added to the MLS, and it is a majority female-owned and female-led organization, which is really cool. I like that. But why do I love this job? First off, the idea of being the one to set and develop the social media and community strategy for a new team 
is really intriguing, like to really set up best practices, how we're going to do it, what our voices, what our approach will be, the tactics, the broader strategies, like setting all that up and having a voice in the in the brand through social for a new organization and team is like, oh, my gosh, that's a dream, dream come true. Secondarily, their job description, and I'll link to it in the show notes, is a perfect example of why I tell all of you to make a list of the skills that are in demand and then see how you stack up against them and adjust your decisions moving forward. So for example, if you are one of the UMSL students I spoke to the last week, take a look at this job. They list out exactly what they're looking for for roles like this when they hire. Understand understand exactly what skills they are demanding and then say, okay, what do I have? What do I not have? What do I need? And make a plan for yourself to acquire those skills. That's how you stay market relevant. Okay, job number two. Video coordinator for the Milwaukee Herd, which is the G League team for the Milwaukee Bucks. Look, I love game video. My wife jokes around all the time that she could sit in a room analyzing spreadsheets all day long because she's like a data dork that way. And I say I could do the exact same with game film. Like put me in a dark room with a with a, you know, a Exos technology and game film and having to cut stuff up and I would be in heaven. Okay. Um, if you're into coaching or scouting or even in the other direction, content and analysis, working in the video room for a team is a great place to start and learn. Okay. Job number three, email marketing coordinator. That term coordinator implies it's a entry level role. So this would be really attractive. All of you looking for entry level roles, but email marketing coordinator for Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, the owners of the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers and the NHL's New Jersey Devils. I bring this job up for a couple of reasons. Number one, people tell me all the time that they want to work in sports marketing. And if you are one of those people, marketing is a very broad term. So consider learning some specifics and having a thing that you are really a master of. Be, in, be kind of knowledgeable in everything related to marketing, but learn something specific too. And email marketing is a is an example of that. It's a specific aspect of sports marketing. It has very different requirements and data that you look at, knowledge than other roles. And the other reason I bring this up is because I want to drill home the point that you can work in a really cool sports organization without being a coach or a scout or a broadcaster or an agent. Everybody always gravitates towards these high profile roles. They think working in sports means being an agent or they think working in sports means being a broadcaster or a scout. There are literally, literally thousands of jobs in sports that are business related. You don't have to be an athletic director. You know, you can be an email marketing coordinator for an NBA team. That's pretty cool, right? Matter of fact, one of our guests recently, Miguel Espinosa, Miguel Garcia Espinosa, apologies, is a marketing um, email marketing manager for Foot Locker. So, right, so he's doing all of their email campaigns and all of their analysis. So, again, there are lots of jobs in sports that are connected to the business side, not just the on field, on on court field, whatever product. Okay, um, that's that line. All right, let's get into today's question. Joy, yes, Joy from Pennsylvania writes in. Hi, Brian. You and others have been very focused on providing information on how to handle a video interview since that is all the rage right now with our ongoing pandemic. But the old standby phone interview is still very popular. In fact, I have one coming up in a few days. Yay. Any last minute advice you can give me to handle a phone interview? 
Joy, great point. Everywhere out there is like all about zoom background, zoom this, zoom that, lighting and this and all these different techniques for video interviews. But you're right. So many things start out with the phone interview. So many interview processes, so many hiring processes start out with on the phone. Okay. And that's important that we focus in on that as well, because that is not outdated and that will happen. So let's go through the why first. I'm going to break this down into certain components, but we're going to cover a lot here. And I'm going to try to be broad strategic and also very tactical, like what you should do exact in an exacting sense. So let's go through the why first. Um, how does this work? Like why, why phone interviews? Okay. I'll give you an example. So I'm the news director at Fox Sports Northwest and I have to hire for a position. And the HR department comes to me, and this is the way it works everywhere. I'm giving you an example from my own life, but trust me, I interview so many people in hiring that this is, this is how it works. I'm just giving you an example from me, but trust me, if you asked anybody else, they'd be telling you the same thing. So um, I get approval to hire for a producer, let's say, or an associate producer. And our HR department says, okay, write us up a job description and give me 10 different skills that you need for this role. And I do that. I write it up. I send it to them. I give them all of the exacting things I need this person to be able to do. And a couple days pass and they come back to me with 30 resumes that match what I've requested. And my point in bringing that up is that they, if you don't have all the right skills for what I'm looking for, I'm not even going to know that you exist. So that's important first is that you apply for jobs that you're the right skill for. That's where you're going to be most likely to get these phone responses back. So I get a list of the top 30. Now, I'm not, I'm going to go through the resumes. I'm going to look at them for myself. I'm going to start to kind of put my own thoughts together, but I'm not going to do a video call or bring somebody in face to face right away with all 30. My first step is to look through and see if anybody doesn't fit my requirements. Like it was maybe a mistake in the system. And I also, at that time, I'm looking for if there's anybody that really stands out that right away, I'm like, okay, that's one I want to keep an eye on. So I start to mark people up in my own way, but then I'm going to do phone interviews with probably 20 out of those 30. And the reason is, is because it doesn't have to be 45 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. It's not on a video where you have a longer commitment. It is just a phone conversation, 10, 15 minutes to get a vibe. And it sometimes will go longer than that, but I usually try to make them like 15 minutes because I know at that point whether I want somebody to go to the next level. So think about what do I know at this point, meaning me, the interviewer. Um, I know that you have the right skill profile. It's just a profile based on what you've told me about you, right? I'm just getting it off of your resume. So it's basically what you've told me. So there is possibly some bias there, but I do feel pretty confident at this point. You have the skills for the job. My HR department searched. They've found these 30. I've gone through them. We've kind of determined that you're a right match. Now that's important for you to kind of frame your mind around is to understand that the person that's calling you has a pretty general vibe that you're a good match for the job. So then we get into the next phase. You understand the why, why they're doing it this way. Low cost, like it doesn't cost me anything to do a phone interview. I'm not flying in, uh, lower time commitment, very easy to set up, um, no technology, it's a phone call. Like it's just very simple, easy barrier to entry. Okay, so that's the why, okay? Well, what's my goal? And I'm saying my as the interviewer, right? So I'm the organizational person. What's my goal for the phone interview? Well, I'm trying to find out if this person has the cultural fit, right? Are they going to be a good listener? Are they open to learning? Do they have some competitive competitiveness? Are they ready to grow? Like I'm looking to kind of get this understanding of it because right now, all I'm seeing this person as is a two-dimensional piece of paper, 
right? They're just a resume and a co- cover letter to me. I want to start to un- uh, like get through the other layers of them. I want to start to learn a little bit more about them. Uh, I want them to become more than just a piece of paper. I want to learn about them and really understand their, you know, their demeanor, like how they handle themselves, how, how they approach these conversations. I'll, I'll probably test your skills a little bit. So do I learn if they're like, if I have an idea of like the top two or three skills that are essential for this role, like I've given my HR team 10, but there's probably two or three that are really important. I might test your skills on those a little bit just to make sure that they're real. Okay. And I'm also looking like, do I connect with this person? If I'm going to be managing them, I want to feel like there's some level of connection. And if it's not connecting or we're just not really jiving, that might be a a determinant for the next route. Okay. So what should your approach be? Let's flip this around now. Well, chances are um, somebody's going to call you and say, hey, uh, we want to set up or email you and say, we'd like to set up a phone interview for later this week. What does your schedule look like? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. During that time between when they tell you they want it and by the time that you actually have it, you need to be studying yourself. And I know this sounds strange, but trust me, you need to remind yourself of your big accomplishments and achievements in each role you've had. Not necessarily everything you did, but the big rocks, the moments you're most proud of, the organization changing accomplishments. You need to be ready with work-related examples for all of their questions. So study yourself because you may think that you are really knowledgeable of everything you accomplish, but going back and refreshing and remembering makes it all brighter in your memory. And I think that's important for you to get that across. Don't assume that you have to sell them on you in an over-the-top fashion. What I tend to find is um, when I get somebody on the phone, they're like, they're really excited and they're kind of talking through it and they're talking really fast. And they're getting all fired up and they're really trying to sell me on them. Right. I don't really gravitate towards that. I want you to be excited. I'll explain this though. What I really want you to do is don't go into salesperson technique. I don't need to be sold on you. I want you to answer my questions, right? Focus on. So your goal is to focus on what they want to know. Don't go on and on about how you're a fit and why you're perfect for the role and that you're excited and passionate and blah, blah, blah. Just be ready to have some enthusiasm, but follow their lead. Let the interviewer lead, okay? You're going to be enthusiastic when you get introduced. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much for, for your interest um, and, and, and start answering their questions, right? Let them lead the conversation and be a good listener. One thing that drives me absolutely bonkers, and I know this from talking to other people too, that it's not just me, is people get so anxious and excited sometimes that they start stepping on your question, right? They start, you're starting to ask a question about something and they start to answer before you're finished. That's not a sign of enthusiasm and excitement. That's a sign of not being a good and patient listener and you want to come off as a good and patient listener. So way to beat. Wait a beat. Calm yourself down. Don't do a five-hour energy beforehand. Don't drink a cup of coffee beforehand. Have some tea. Relax. Get into a frame of mind where you are ready to be articulate and be a good listener. So you can show enthusiasm and excitement, but don't dominate the call. If they ask you a question, answer it well. Add in some enthusiasm, but don't go on and on and on and on. You know, get to your points, be clear of mind. Okay. Speak clearly and with a solid pace. You know, I know about myself. When I get excited, I talk fast. You may do that too. Slow down 
enunciate. Recognize that there can be a slight delay in phone connections, especially if you're on a cell phone. So don't be quick to jump to an answer. Pause a beat. Make sure they're done before speaking. Don't step on them at all. Take your time. This is literally nothing I hate more than someone stepping on my words when I'm still talking. That's not enthusiasm. That's being a poor listener. Now, one other thing to expect. They will probably ask you what I think is the toughest question. What are your salary requirements? Now, I hate this question. As, a, as an interviewee, I hate this question. But as an interviewer, I actually love it because you start to learn how this person perceives themselves, but they also start to learn if they've done any research. So my goal to you, again, in this time period between doing, uh, being asked to do an interview and actually doing it, is do some research, right? On, and make, and, and um, so uh, you have to do research on the cost of living, Compared to where you compared to where you currently are, you have to do market market research on what those jobs typically pay. Um, you can ask people in your network. You can do some research on sites online. Although I'm not always sure how accurate those are, but really getting I think going to your network sometimes and having those conversations that can be somewhat difficult. But you can have those conversations not as a way to pry, but as a way to learn. So you're set up for success in your future conversations, and then um, uh, really understanding the cost of living. That's an important part to understand how much is an apartment going to cost me? You know, for example, there's a huge difference for me going to college where I paid $200 a month for a crappy house on East Cleveland Avenue in Newark, Delaware, for a house with four other dudes, right? So we're each paying $200 a month. It was like $1,000 a month kind of rental place. Then you move to Atlanta and there's not a single thing for one person under like $1,400 a month. So know the cost so you can calculate the salary range that makes sense and that you're willing to accept. It's a big difference when you start to move around in your career and move from somewhere on a college campus to uh, a city somewhere. And then when you make your declaration, make the range kind of wide. Don't say I'm looking to make $30,000 a year. Say I'm looking to make between $25,000 and $35,000 a year or $28,000 and $38,000 or some, give yourself a $10,000 range if you're under $50,000, like forty dollars to $50,000, something like that. And that makes it, it, it prevents you somewhat from boxing yourself in on the high or the low side. You're not going to say, I won't accept anything under this number because that could box you out. And you're also not saying, I I'll take anything, because then they'll kind of lowball you. So give yourself a range that's based on your research and that you think will cover your the cost of living costs that you'll have. And also know if the job is a really good opportunity, you might take it anyway. You might be interested in it going a little bit lower and so skew your range a little bit lower. I know when I got my first job offer at CNN and I did all this exacting research, um, I knew that it was going to cost, I was going to go backward for a while. It was going to be more expensive for me to exist than I was making, right? And my expenses were going to outweigh how much they were willing to pay me. But I knew it was super important for my career to have this experience on my resume. So you have to make that judgment as well. Okay. Now, follow-up questions you should be asking. I actually think this is one of the most important parts of the interview. This is where you really start to let me know about you. And in a phone interview, I still don't know you that well, right? So, but this is where I start to find out if someone is a thinker and a listener. So if you ask really good questions here uh, and frame them the right way, you make a good last impression. And that's really important in a phone interview. And they're going to ask you, what questions do you have for me? So be prepared for this. Keep notes around you. Have them, right? So you don't forget during the process. It's not acceptable for you to say, nope, I think we covered everything. 
have some questions. So if this is somebody like you're interviewing as somebody who you would work for, and it's not just an HR person going through the process and getting some, you know, checkoff data, ask them, how did you come to work for the company and what do you enjoy most about it? Right. Let them expand upon their role and what they do and what they like about the culture. Again, another question, if it's the person you'd be working for, how does this role that you're hiring for contribute to your success? And what would be the ideal person to ensure successful collaboration? You know, like who do you work best with? What type of personalities do you mesh well with? Um, and number three, if, if there was one particular skill you would deem most important for this role, what would it be? And again, hammering in on, yes, I might have uh, all 10 of the skills you listed, but what are the most important ones? This shows that you are focused on the role and their needs. That's the message you want to get across. I'm asking you questions about this specific role and what you need from it. Not how much vacation I get, not what my career path would be down the line. You want to talk about how you can be the best match for this role. That's the message you want to get across. That's the questions you want to ask about. So again, take your time, right? Speak slowly, enunciate, be a good listener, answer their questions, let them lead, have really smart follow-up questions. If you do these kind of things, everything we're talking about here, you will be, need to get ready for the next step in the process and you'll be off to a really good start. So start there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Great question from Joy in Pennsylvania. Uh, please tune in on Wednesday for the next episode of our Work in Sports podcast. And if you have questions that you want to ask, make sure to email them to me, bclap at workinsports.com. I love having your questions that we can handle on the show. And rate and review and subscribe and all that important stuff because that makes us rank higher in the podcast results, stand out from the competition, and continue to get incredible guests for all of you to listen to. So thanks, everyone. It is a pleasure to host this show for you. 